Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is hour number two on this Tuesday afternoon. Our friend Jamie Ucas will join us at the uh, bottom of the hour. If you missed us, thanks for uh, joining us here in hour number two. You can always uh, track down our information We'll offer up uh, comments on Twitter at Shad Hartman Show, at Dave underscore Harrigan. And you can podcast the show. Dave will give you uh, segments, interviews, half hours, hours. Chad Hartman Show, uh, almost every place you get your podcast. Red flag laws have been debated in this country frequently the last few years. Certainly was a part of the conversation in this state last year. And in particular with the trifecta, with the Democrats controlling uh, the governor, the Senate, and the House, they uh, they steamed through, steamrolled through a lot of legislation they approved, and that included Minnesota becoming the 20th state with a version of a red flag law. To talk about this is uh, Rob Dorr. Rob is a government relations consultant, political analyst, and senior vice president of government affairs for Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, and is a, a, a excellent communicator on this topic for his side. And Rob, like all of our guests, is on the uh, John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. I appreciate you coming on, sir. Um, in in the philosophical sense, clearly you and your organization have stated your opposition against a red flag laws. Is there any part of whether it's a part of what's labeled here the extreme risk protection orders in Minnesota or other versions of red flag laws in other states where at least part of it you agree with what was passed? So we do agree with the uh, underlying premise that somebody who's at risk shouldn't have firearms. Uh, Where I think we depart is the, the red flag laws operate under a presumption that Removing a firearm removes the risk, the, the, the individual who, who is at risk of harming themselves or others. Uh, other states have things that, that require uh, notice and hearing. So you actually, before the property is seized, both sides of the table get to present their information and their evidence. This helps sniff out anything that, uh, that may result in a, a frivolous or, or, or less than authentic claim to make sure people's rights aren't respected. The states that follow that notice and hearing period 
you know, we, we think provides a little bit more protection than the type of orders that we're talking about here, where it's done entirely uh, based on one party's accusation. Okay, I'll, I'll read part of the law, which, which amplifies what you're saying. There are two types of ERPOs, these extreme risk protection orders known to a lot of us as red flag laws. Emergency and long-term. If a judicial officer grants an emergency ERPO, it goes into effect right away and lasts for 14 days. The long-term one can only be granted after a court hearing. Now, who can file this? Family or household member? Chief law enforcement officer? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just reading through. A family or household member, chief law enforcement officer, city or county attorney, a guardian can file a petition. Family or household member means, because I think this is precise, spouses or former spouses, parents and children of the respondent, persons who presently reside with the respondent, a person involved in a significant romantic or sexual relationship with the respondent, uh, in determining persons whether they're significant or romantic sexual relations under clause, the court shall be consider the length or time of the relationship. So, hypothetically, Rob, I find out somebody close to me, I believe, either they're in jeopardy by having this gun or others in jeopardy. And I want to get this stopped as soon as possible. You think this takes away due process if it's done right away, and a court hearing should happen, and we should have the debate. Is that a fair assessment of of, of your the point you're trying to make? Um, I, I think more simply, we don't think that any person should be deprived of their property without the due process and uh, a without an adversarial pro, uh, a hearing where somebody can present their side. There isn't sufficient due process. Okay, so the concern would be that. Again, I'll just use myself hypothetically. Somebody close to me, I feel like I should be able to use this law. I think the concern some have suggested that because of the court system, it might take weeks, if not months, before that gun is removed. Is that a false characterization by those who believe that the red flag laws make sense? Do you think this can be handled in a quick, expedient way? Well, I, yeah, I mean, courts handle emergency petitions for things all of the time. So if it is, in fact, an emergency, the courts have the capacity to handle those emergent situations. So you think within four or five days, as an example? I mean, every court in the state is going to be a little bit different. Uh, you know, certainly the caseloads and you know, Hennepin and Ramsey counties are going to be more significant than, than greater Minnesota. But there's always emergency petitions, emergency no, no contact orders, things like that. And the courts process those on a daily basis. I don't see why these would be treated differently. What, what would be too long for you? And again, I, I believe in due process also. Right. I, I, I understand the conflict on this. OK, I, I get it. What would be if, if it turns out we see this and in states who prefer the way you do and the way, by the way, millions and millions across the country say, no, no, you can't do this unless we have some sort of court hearing where both sides get to make their case. If we saw in Minnesota, hypothetically, where that took multiple weeks on a regular basis, would you change your view in any way? I don't think so, because I I still think the underlying premise of the law is faulty, that simply removing the firearm without addressing the person in crisis 
isn't going to resolve it. If you've got somebody who's a danger to themselves, uh, you know, risk of suicide. If you go in and you get some of the guns, you don't know how many they have. You don't know where they're at. Uh, you, and you leave the person there, they might still have more firearms in the house, but they still have knives in the kitchen, a, a medicine cabinet full of pills, a Ford F-150 in the garage, a rope in the shed. You're not actually addressing the core issue that we're worried about. We're worried about the person who's a risk to themselves or others. Not operating, you know, there, there's a false presumption that once the firearm is gone, that person is no longer a risk. We're more interested in addressing the person and getting them the help that they need, and there's tools in Minnesota law to do that. Rob Dorr is with us uh, from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. I've heard you make this that point before, and, and I told you this in text. I think you're an excellent communicator. I think some people feel that, okay, that, okay, we've got the gun, it's case closed, let's move on. I think others feel like, and I want you to respond to this, feel like at least this is one step, that we can't solve everything. But this is one step, and this is part of my dilemma here, as I see what we have in this country, I do not want to. I do not want to stop anybody who legally goes through the process to have a gun, whether it's to hunt or to protect themselves. I know how incredible, incredibly challenging it is to write laws where it's not so onerous on legal owners compared to those who are, have criminal intent can find guns. I know mental health is a part of it. I sometimes, Rob, feel like that. On all sides of this issue, too many people say, well, if we don't solve every part of it, then why do anything? Wouldn't some of this at least be a step forward? Not resolving it, but potentially be a part of the process. Not the end all, but a part of it. I'd be more sympathetic to the to the argument if the red flag ordered on an emergency basis was accompanied with something else. It, that was targeted at addressing the person's crisis. If, for example, there was uh, civil commitment proceedings that were instituted at the same time, and there was a red flag uh, order issued while that, those were, were going on. If the person was placed on, let's say, a 72-hour hold where they were being evaluated during a mental crisis, and the, the, the red flag order accompanied that, I think that that could be part of a comprehensive strategy that you're talking about to address somebody who's at risk of harming themselves or others. I just it doesn't seem logical to think that just targeting the firearm is a resolution when you're leaving the person themselves with a myriad of other options to harm themselves or somebody else, leaving them unaddressed. And obviously, in your scenario, and again, a scenario that a lot of people believe in, the only way all that happens is through a court case. Right. I don't think you're suggesting a lot of that can happen just because a respondent files a claim and then all that can take place. This kind of goes back to your point of this This has to be debated and litigated in court for more than just the gun removal. Is that fair? Well, yeah, well, something like a 72-hour hold is intended for these emergency situations where somebody is a risk for themselves to themselves or others. Law enforcement or medical professionals can have the, uh, can hold somebody for evaluation to ensure that they're not a risk. So that is something that happens without a court process, just based on a comprehensive analysis of the person's risk to themselves or others, and addressing that person's uh, individualized risk. Okay, so if this law would have would have said. What, under the criteria I laid out before, an individual makes a case, and they qualify under that criteria, that this individual 
has to face a 72-hour hold, and it's a collective matter. It's not just the gun. Would your organization have been in favor of that? Uh, I, you know, I get, it's hard to say if we would have been in favor, but our uh, our objections would have been significantly mooted because at least there was a strong effort to address the person in crisis. The, the finer details may have needed more work, but uh, that that's much closer to something we could have support supported. I know you you and your organization also wanted to comment on the Star Tribune editorial today. They they offered up comments again on the red red flag law, and they cited the recent case of the AR-15 and the injury. What did, what did you want to say about that uh, to counter what the Tribune offered up in their editorial? Yeah, the, the Star Tribune editorial board has is, is, had a history of opining on these measures by only speaking to, to one side of the issue, and that's that's been uh, a bit of a frustration for our leadership and our members. Uh, but with this particular uh, instance that they used to cite the, the potential uh, veracity of a red flag law, the individuals in possession of the AR-15 were already prohibited persons. Uh, there was nothing that without the red flag law that would have stopped law enforcement from executing a search warrant and seizing the, the firearms, or even just upon knowledge or probable cause. Uh, seizing the firearms without a warrant if they knew that these individuals uh, had, had uh, in fact, possessed them. The Star Tribune editorial board positioned this as if, if only the red flag law would have been applied, then, you know, maybe they, we could have done something, but we already could have done something under existing law. Um, one other point, and I remind folks, uh, Rob Dorr is with us from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. When I've talked about it, when I've, I've read stories about it or watched other commentary, there has been a fear by some individuals who oppose the concept that individuals who follow these, who qualify for these criteria will offer up reasons why a gun should be removed. And it turns out factually it's not there. They're just making this up. The other stories I've read about this don't show that to be true. Is there any proof that if, and again, you don't agree with these laws, but that the law is passed and that people are just making up stories to take the guns away? Maybe there's isolated incidents, but there's no real pattern of this. Is there so far? Yeah, I mean, that would require a comprehensive analysis of the, you know, the uh, number of petitions that were granted and the the yeah, the number of you know, long-term ones that were denied. You know, so it's hard to say. We are aware of numerous anecdotes of uh, you know, individualized instances of people using these against ex-spouses and, and things like that. Uh, the uh, New York, actually, their trial court uh, at the trial court level found that the laws were uh, unconstitutional because of some of the due process concerns uh, re- regarding the determination of risk. I think alongside of that, our other the other side of that coin is so. Let's say you do get one of these orders. What's the burden for you to be able to get them canceled? And that's what's very concerning because when you look at the the in order to let's say there is a frivolous order issued against you, what's your remedy for getting your firearms back against that frivolous? Uh, accusation. And you have to prove by what the document says is clear and convincing evidence. That's a, beyond a preponderance of the evidence. It's the standard just below beyond a reasonable doubt. You have to prove by clear and convincing evidence that you are not a risk to yourself. 
you're asking somebody to prove a negative to, uh, that they are not a risk. That's the remedy that's baked into the law. So that even if you know there's just insufficient remedy, even if you are confronted with these false accusations here in Minnesota. You may have answered that. Uh, you may have answered this question already because of what you offered up there about your belief that the proof is too high for individuals to get their gun back. But if the, if the red flag laws instead of 14 days, if it was three days in this state, would you would you in the organization feel any differently? Uh, again, I mean, it, it, we would feel the same way about without uh, addressing the individual in crisis that that you're still not solving anything. So I'm not sure. But it gets us closer to gets us closer to a potential court case, right? If it was three days, and that gets us closer to a potential court case, and it does take. You know, again, it's it's the due process dilemma because I, I get your side, right? And, again, and others echo that. But for, for folks who believe we're making too many mistakes when people close to them know that someone is in jeopardy harming themselves and others, if it was just three days and that gets us closer to a formal court hearing, is that any sort of compromise? I, it would be a compromise. I mean, I guess it would be a lesser uh, infringement on somebody's rights, but I, I, we still don't think it addresses the actual issue. Rob, thanks for your time. I appreciate it, sir. Anytime. Rob Dore, again, uh, government relations uh, consultant, political analyst, and senior vice president of government affairs for the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. If you want to react to any part of that conversation, you certainly can. We've talked guns. We've talked mental health. We've talked red flag laws many times. I thought Rob laid out his case very well. I try to ask the pertinent questions. I want to hear from you. What do you want to say about the conversation? We'll have some time when we come back. Not a lot because we're going to get to Jamie, but you want to react? You certainly can. 651-461-9226. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. We're, we're hearing on the text, let's just say more from the left than we are the right so far, who don't agree with Rob. But it's not like we don't hear plenty from the right on other issues, too. And I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't heard more from folks who are, are philosophically more pro-gun in this conversation among the texts. 
Uh, we're talking about Rob Doerr, and we had a conversation with Rob from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus on red flag laws, where he disagrees and where the group disagrees with them. Ask him how many people have to die to change his mind. Um, I, I get the visceral reaction. I've, I, I have sat here, here at the fan, I don't know how many times, and have said we're failing in what we're doing with mass shootings and mass killings. We just are. There's just, there's just no doubt about it. And I've wanted us to try more things. I've wanted us to not feel like perfect be the enemy of good, that we have to resolve everything for something to work. For folks who believe uh, on points of emphasizing, let's enforce the laws on the books. It's a fair point. More on mental health. Good point. Are there loopholes? Good point. Other things. So I want us to do more. I also get due process. I mean, I, I get the due process part of this. That's why at the end, and just listening to Rob, I thought, is three days a compromise? Is three days someone who qualifies for proximity to an individual? who feels they're going to harm someone else or themselves. And and the gun is removed for three days, and we're now closer to a court case where either side can make their arguments. Because we know we have too many people who have weapons who are going to harm themselves. We, we, we had the story... Recently, the high, high number of suicides, of the gun deaths related to suicides. There are, there are suicides, Dave, that we find out about where the people close say, he was a troubled soul. And, and we knew it and we were trying to do things. There are others, you're like, I can't believe that. So how can we work within the core tenets of the law in our country of your innocent until proven guilty? We can't lose that. And at the same time, the power, the debilitating power of either evil or mental health and and trying to get to individuals before to some level which doesn't presume someone guilty already. Right? Do you do you make it is there some punishment you can have towards somebody if they say, hey, this guy is a danger, you know, his firearms need to be taken away, and the court comes back and says, no. No, it's ridiculous, and, you know, it's sort of a false accusation kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that's the fear. That's why I asked Rob, and I, the stories I read didn't have enough data, as he pointed out, to to show, I mean, we hear these anecdotal stories like, yeah, it's, Somebody doesn't like me, and they're taking my guns. I don't think there's any data showing that. I'm sure it happens, but it's probably not frequent. Right. We can't just say one thing happened, and so that means – like Trump is a maestro at one thing. One person said, don't say Merry Christmas, so <laughs> nobody lets you say Merry Christmas. And We're it, on Christmas. And, and it's worked magnificently for them. Unless you pay attention, then it really doesn't work. But how – where is the line? Because we do have too much gun violence in this country. But we can't just tear up 
the laws over suspicion. How far does it have to be in the hypothetical? You know me very well. I don't, you know, would you qualify in this criteria? I'd have to look at it again. And you see a dramatic change in my mental health. How far, what info do you need to have as someone who talks to me every day, sees me almost every day, for you to say, I want to petition the court and say, Chad Hartman shouldn't have a gun. And now I'm offering the compromise of three days, not 14 days. And then does that get us close to court? My fear is, and I as this interview, that if it goes to the courts, and yes, we do have emergency orders. That's 100% right. A lot of times these emergency orders take a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, they do. And, you know, that limit of where I would have to say, look, Chad shouldn't own a gun. It's different with every single person in America, and that's going to be different with every single person hearing the case. Let's get you a few more texts. Rob was reason and rational about real issues. The emotional rhetoric from the left won't solve this. Everybody on the left is, uh, I agree, Rob was excellent. But again, Rob was excellent. Doesn't mean everybody on the left is just emotional and irrational. There are people on both sides who are rational. And by the way, I don't fault people getting emotional at times when they're, I mean, when a story initially happens and you say, not, not again, not again. And then also there's parts saying, well, let's wait for the facts out. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the rational conversation, the emotional conversation of why do we keep having so many mass shootings in this country compared to others? You can have emotions and still be a rational person. Uh, gun advocates are so in love with the Second Amendment, but they don't seem to care about any other amendments, let alone life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not every person who thinks no part of the Second Amendment should be touched feels that way about us. We're getting a lot of generalizations, but for folks who say we can't touch any amendment, we touch amendments all the time. Okay, And as amazing as our forefathers were, they couldn't protect 20 years, let alone 200 and the California psychics, they could have. They could have. They would have. Excuses, excuses. I'm so tired of gun advocates arguing every possible gun right. Let's please hear tangible actions that will reduce gun violence. Another tech. Great guest, Chad. Appreciate you having him on. Let's pause. Jamie Ucas is next on CCO. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. On the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. It's a fair question. It's a 40 past one. We're a little late for Jamie. We had a good conversation on red flag laws, so I apologize for the delay. Jamie is here. She's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. I want you to be very honest, and you always are. Zero to ten. How are you today? Zero is it's just, I mean, it's the worst day you can imagine. Ten, it's just a phenomenal day. Um, I'd say like a 7.5. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I I have like, well, so it's really, really, I know everyone's going to hate me for saying this, but it's very cold here. Um, It was like 28 degrees this morning. So for California, that is like 
ridiculous. Um, like farmers are having pro- like it could ha- have an impact on the country. Like it's I'm not just saying like oh burr I'm cold. Um, so anyway, we it's cold here. I um, I have a dental appointment today, mm. which I don't you know like who really loves going to the dentist? Like it's fine. I don't expect anything bad, but it's just like one of those things, you know. Um, I don't know. Like you're kind of coming off the holiday high of stuff. Um, this sounds like more a four point yeah. five than a seven point five. I got to be honest. <laughs> I mean, are you, well, you my- know me? I'm like, I'm I'm happy go lucky. Yeah. Like the glass is always half full. I'm not. Like, there's nothing wrong or bad. I think it's, you know, like, I'm just a, I'm a, like a, I'm a 7.5. Like, I'm overall, I'm good. But it's like a couple things that I on my to-do list that I'm like, eh, I don't really want to do. But once they're over, it'll be fine. You might know a guy who might be uh, living in California for a couple months this winter. So let's get rid of the 30s. I mean, uh, 60s, <laughs> 70s, that's what uh, maybe well, this hypothetical has, person has, might be looking forward to. It has warmed up quite a bit to uh, 60. Let's see. My car is saying it is 64 degrees where I am right now. So it warmed up quite a bit. It's That's just, good. It was just, you know, when you, when you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and it's 28 degrees, yeah. it's kind of miserable. Yes. Uh, you, I believe, Dave Harrigan, correct me if I'm wrong, before Jamie chimes in. Jamie has called for the ending of MSP Airport, right? Didn't she call for it to be shut down? <laughs> yes. She said it's a brutal, terrible airport. All the surveys are lies. Yeah. true. Yeah. Not true. The Not true. most I Atlanta. I would shut down Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Let's send this to an Odyssey station. By the way, would you like to buy Odyssey? This company that owns us is in uh, bankruptcy. Uh, oh, we're thinking about putting together a group. So far, I'm in for a thousand. That's it. A thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. That's my. I mean, that's my. I'd really rather. I don't want to. I would just want to buy the station. You know. I don't know. I think a thousand. Yeah, you have to buy the whole group. I'd rather. Why would you want to buy the whole group? No, I don't want to buy the whole group. I just want to buy the station. Buy the station. Thousand dollars. That's 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 it. Uh, most punctual airports in the entire world. Number one, Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. Let's go. No, Let's... I. I believe that. Congratulations. I believe that. I have to. I was just mm. talking about uh, how efficient our uh, the MSP airport is because think about it. You guys get so many winter storms, and they are just cranking, de-icing planes, getting planes in and out. You rarely ever have a delay out of MSP. Like wow. I've never rarely. I can't, I'm I not can't sure I'm going to go quite that far. Um, I don't think you do. When's the last time you had a? I haven't had a delay. Knock on wood. I haven't had a delay. Don't out say of that. MSP. Don't say that. You're like now. You're now destined for four flight cancellations after that one. <laughs> <laughs> the mojo is gonna come back. Uh, no, you know where I've you know where I've had the most delays, and it's hilarious. To me I, Atlanta, apparently. I mean, you, you're calling no. calling for the end of the airport in Atlanta, Las Vegas, and it's ridiculous because it's a 47 minute door to door flight, and I have gotten delayed out of there like for hours. That last time I was there, I had to fly to Salt Lake City. Before I could get back to Los Angeles. Now, so, you're anyway. not. Are you counting in Las Vegas that you were delayed in getting to the airport because you had so much fun the night before? Is that no, the delay maybe you're no. thinking of? No, 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 no. no. Okay, here's no. another flight one for you. So, 
This is the debate of a selfish flyer. So here's the scenario. Okay. A guy is sitting next to his wife and daughter. Okay. Uh, the okay. flyer, a female comes on and says, that's my seat. Okay. Um, okay. And then the guy reacts, well, where's your seat? And it's right nearby, but it's in the middle seat. Uh, the traveler um, offered up the comment, Dave. I'm not a middle middle seat person. <laughs> yes, the guy, the dad, was refusing to move for the woman who had purchased that aisle seat. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to stay right there next wife, to his wife and wife daughter. And kid. Okay. She bought the seat. That's her seat. Wants her seat, and he's like, eh, not a middle seat person. So they were mad. She stuck to her guns, right, Dave? Stuck yep. to her guns. Sat, moved the dad. Moved the dad, and then he basically just stared at her, and I guess the daughter and the wife just stared at her the entire time. The entire time. You know what I say? Wow. You know what I say to her who uh, decided what? to stay in her seat? Bravo. Bravo. Oh, you mean because, oh, I got it. I had it backwards. So, yeah, she she didn't give it up to him just because he wanted it. Yes. Now, I yeah. I actually think the middle seat hype of how awful it is, I don't think it's, it's as awful as it was. Do I seek it out? Hell no. I, nobody does. But I had a flight a couple months ago wow. where it had to be, like, just really fast. And so guess what was left? Middle seat. Didn't like it. Yeah. It, it was it was a it was like a it wasn't a short flight. You know what? Somehow I survived. What? I survived. I did I Yeah, I, I know. But you're a man, Chad. I have to say as a woman, especially if you're put between two guys, it is like so uncomfortable on so many levels. Cuz you're like yeah. you know, like you have to get up to go to the bathroom. The guys are like, "Uh, like, you know, you sit back down, they're, they're usually, like, taking over your armrest, and you're kind of squished in. Um, I don't enjoy it. As a female, there's just some things that, like, that's a middle seat for me is just like, no, thanks. Okay, so you get on this flight, okay, this is you now, and you see this uh, yeah. family, and the guy's like, hey, what's your name, Jamie? Um, then you say, listen, you should know me, I'm a big TV star. Um, and, and says, my family, we just would love all to sit in this row together. That's my middle seat. And by the way, I don't do middle seats. The guy volunteers that. What a jackass. Yeah, I don't I do middle seats. Yeah. So you're going to say what too bad. Get in the middle seat. Well, I'm just going to say, well, if you find me a window or an aisle seat, I'd be happy to do that. That's fair. Dave, is that, I, I think that's that, that's a good solution. I think so, and I think the guy should, before even asking, should say, okay, what did you pay for this? Let me reimburse you plus a little bit for your trouble. Yes. Yeah, that's another option. Right. I I don't think... There, there does say, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, Doug has a son, and so we fly yep. together as a family now. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me as a as someone who has not had their own children to watch people feel that they are entitled because they have their children. 
So I guess, like, for me, because I've had to travel by myself, I've I've accommodated people left and right, right? Like, of course. But I once moved um, so that this woman, she and her two kids were upgraded to Delta Comfort. So the she asked if the son could sit next to me in the middle seat so that they could all take the Delta Comfort seats. I said, sure. She said, he's like about six, seven years old. Can you help him? You know, it's a long haul flight. Can you make sure he gets his food? Sure, sure, sure. No problem. Yeah. So I, I do that. She then sits two rows back in Delta Comfort in the middle and her daughter's in between. And I help this kid. I get him fed. I put a blanket over him. He, um, I start to go to sleep in the window. I start my movie. I start his movie, make sure he's got his movie going. I'm acting as a babysitter now. Yeah. And I get tapped I get tapped on the shoulder and the kid goes, I'm gonna be sick and he throws up all over me. <laughs> no. Oh my I then This is this is a lesson. Oh. Always carry a change of clothes in your backpack, which I do oh. and I did. I had workout clothes in my backpack. I handed over my clothes to the flight attendant because uh, you know, um but because he was then sick, the mom traded places with me, so I went from my window seat to then her middle seat after her kid puked on me. Oh, my God. And so, as it turns out, it was Seth DeRussia. <laughs> it wasn't. No. I, but I, my thing is, you just walk thing by. is these, I, I, feel, I feel like parents have this, like, Oh, my kid, like, you know, I, I need to sit next to my kid or I need to be with my kid or, I, you know, and it's like, well, then you should have pre-planned and gone on yeah. and figured that out. I would also. Or if you need. Yeah. In, in, yeah in like the, there's this entitlement. There's this entitlement, though, that like yeah. you're supposed to change a seat just because they didn't pre-plan. And it's like, that's really not my problem. Yeah. No. I uh I may now start bringing clothes just in case. Oh my god! Always, always, always <laughs> clothes, socks, and a pair of shoes. Always. <laughs> that is our lesson of the day. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> See you. Welcome. Uh, the great Jamie Uke is with us. Fifty-one past one. We'll take a text or two under the scenario you book the aisle seat. There's a family there. The guy's like, "Ah, oh, can we sit here?" No, I booked that. Where's your seat? Middle, and then he says, I don't do middle seats. Hell no. I'm staying right there. Now, to me, if it's one parent and one kid, that's a different scenario. And it's a younger kid. No, not like, you know, me and Hunter, and Hunter's 20, you know, he's he's 28 now. That's a different scenario. But, yeah, it's a young kid. It's a different situation. Although Jamie might say, it's not that different. He might vomit on you. The projectile vomits there. 651-461-9226. Among the uh, texts, these days you need to verify the seat. You might agree to downgrade to. People are lying about their seat location. I have a friend who was a solo traveler and agreed to be nice and moved back several rows. Later, the actual seat holder came out and she discovered the seat swap was way back uh, in the toilets. Well, are people going to claim this is their seat? Hope someone doesn't take that seat because they're seeing a, let's say, a 70% full flight. And rolling the dice, they're probably people capable of that, right? I think so. My answer, well, I don't do middle seats either. And that's why I purchased an L seat. But for $100 in cash, I'll do it. You in for that? When the guy says, I don't do middle, I think just philosophically when he says, I don't do middle seats. <laughs> uh, I'm like, 
not moving because I think it's such a jackassian thing to say. It is. If he's compassionate, makes a case, I probably would do it. But when they're staring at you like, you know, you're evil incarnate, no, you're not. You bought the seat. Yeah, but who wants that for a two, three, four-hour flight, whatever it happens to be? You know the people next to you are just going to stare at you, hate your guts for this entire flight. <clears throat> so not paying you, being a jerk about it. I don't do middle seats, but you're going to roll because they're going to stare at you. I don't like confrontation, Chad. So you're going to roll because they're going to stare at you. No, I'm probably going to say, "Flight attendant, help! <laughs> Put me up in the cockpit." Short flight. Maybe. Long flight, no. That's that's probably it also. Hey, we got to stop talking. CBS and Mark Fry next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 